Shut up and sit down. All right, welcome back to another episode of Business Bros. All right, All sorry, right. I love that song still. I know, dude, it gets stuck in our head. And we still gotta make the t-shirts. Still gotta make the t-shirts. Oh, shut dude. up and sit down. Sometime soon. So, shut up and sit down and listen to today's topic. Yeah, yeah. Which is, what is rich? What is rich? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? What does that mean to different people? Um, dude, everybody has a different idea of what rich is. Right. But today, we're gonna talk about what it means to us to us and i I mean i think it's more like a um we we got some differing opinions in in today's uh show notes so there's some little mix of what other people think but i think it's more like a condensing something that everybody can relate to and it's like yeah you know what that is definitely rich that's kind of what i'm going for um so we're speaking in terms of financially rich because you could take rich in a lot of different ways really yeah. rich you know, in love rich, rich in, in health family rich rich in, yeah yeah there's a bunch of different reasons but, but we, we're talking specifically financially specifically financially okay yeah. yeah so we're gonna stick to the finance part even though there's plenty of ways to be rich in life yep you can even be richard <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, there you go students all right so um let's start off with uh our definition of wealthy because i think there's a difference between wealthy and rich i would agree with that i mean i think there's several different levels you have wealthy rich comfortable yeah yeah. barely making it and then there's like (laughs) bill gates and then there's There's mark zuckerberg uh jeff bezos yeah that's a whole different level yep i mean Uh, that's that's buku bucks i don't even know buku bucks is there even a name for that we can call it Apple Bucks now, because Apple Bucks, because Apple is worth a trillion dollars now. As of today, right? As their of valuation today, well, of their stock. They they hit the trillion dollar mark today. Pretty crazy. Trillion with a T. With a T. Holy yeah. moly! Yep, past the million, past the billion, now to the trillions. But check this out. This is kind of a a cool tidbit that I read somewhere. Jeff Bezos has enough money to buy every single house in the city of Seattle. And pay rent for like two months. Damn. To every buy. Single, to buy. Every house in Seattle. Every single house in Seattle. So if he wanted to, he could own the city of Seattle. He could own the city of Seattle and pay the rent for two months. Jeez Louise. <laughs> That's a lot That's of a money, lot of money, man. I don't That's know. That's a lot of money. What's a better investment? The city of Seattle or Amazon? <laughs> Probably Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that Sorry. thing makes its own cities. Sorry to you Seahawks fans. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. He's not going to be your 12th fan. <laughs> he might already be. Who knows? All right, all right. All Off right, topic. So, um, wealthy, rich, buku bucks. Right, right. Let's start, talking, let's, start, let's start with the wealthy. We'll talk about wealthy. Right? I mean, uh, in, in, in my case, I think uh, I like Robert Kiyosaki's definition of wealth. Um, it, it, to him, measuring wealth is number of days forward. And we've said this in the past. If you have uh, $1,500 saved in the bank and your expenses are $3,000, you're 15 days rich. You're right. halfway through the month rich. And if you can get to the point where your assets are putting out enough uh, passive income to cover your expenses, you're infinitely wealthy. In other words, you can go on every single day for the rest of your life and never have to work for money. Would you equate wealthy to financially independent or would you put that on a different level? 
I think I put that on a different level. I think wealthy is is the first step because I think mm. when you're wealthy, I think you might still have debts. You might still have certain things that you're tied to. So, right. you know, and, and there's no real growth path from there. Like you might be wealthy this year and then you finance a car and all of a sudden you're not wealthy anymore because your expenses all of a sudden exceeded your, your gotcha. passive okay. income. So I think it's step one. I think so wealthy to you is out of the rat race. Your passive income exceeds your expenses. But if you make any changes to your expenses and you don't increase your income, then you are no longer wealthy. You're no longer wealthy. So as long as you don't have to work, I think that defines wealthy. Okay. All right. So that's that's definition number one. So, so I mean, the the Kiyosaki example is is the knowing the difference between assets and liabilities, right? And he right. says that an asset puts money in your pocket, a liability takes money out of your pocket, and I think you can be wealthy and still have liabilities, right? Right. And so that's that's really what I'm saying. Whether it's your mortgage, whether it's car notes, whether it's credit cards, but you've at least developed your financial IQ so that you have assets spitting out enough cash to cover those expenses. Makes so sense. That's step one. I think that's that's wealthy. Okay. Right? Well, you have on the show notes, the next one that you have is rich, but since I brought it up, financially independent, you said that that's a step above wealthy, Yes. but a step below rich. I think it's a step below rich. I think, well, I think uh, you hit the next marker, which I would call, uh, I, I guess I would use Dave Ramsey, is his... Uh, financial financially free financial peace right and to me that's you've achieved wealthy status but now you have zero debt and that includes your home so if you can get to that point and understand that even at that point you can still acquire some debt in an emergency and and break that that infinite wealth uh, measurement but at least at that point you have zero debt so your income potential is a lot higher you're beholden to no one at that point so if my monthly expenses are ten thousand dollars and i've invested in enough assets to bring in a passive income of ten thousand dollars i'm wealthy you're wealthy right assuming that i used good debt to attain those assets i still have a ton of liabilities right so even though my income exceeds my expenses I still have liabilities. I still have debts that I'm beholden to. Technically, you're still enslaved to somebody, financially speaking. So if I use some of that money to pay that that debt down, I come up with some debt consolidation or debt payoff plan, whatever, and that debt goes away, now I have financial peace. Now I'm financially independent. So my passive income hasn't changed. My expenses have been greatly reduced because I'm no longer a slave to debt. Right. And now I am... Now you're free. Financially independent. I have financial peace. The only expenses you have at that point are your recurring expenses. Things that are not going to go away. Groceries, fuel, utilities. Those insurance. Things are insurance. Those things are never going to go away. But you don't have any uh, debt obligations at that point. All so right. So I think that's level two. That's a good that's a good definition. I, I like where we're at so far. Very right. cool. So after you've achieved wealthy and an infinite number of wealth, right? Meaning your your passive income exceeds your expenses, and then you got to the point where you pay off all your debt and you have zero debt, then I think you start to hit another level which I think is what we call rich. I think at this point, um, this is where you start to define 
someone who is rich, right? And this is the type of person, I mean, I try to come up with some, some sort of definition that anybody can relate to. And so I came up with, you can go on vacation anytime, anywhere, and you don't look at the price. You order from the left side of the menu, not the right. You order from the left side of the menu, not the right. Exactly. You go out to eat and you pick what you want to eat because that's what you want to eat. You didn't even look at what it cost. Right. Right. Because most of us do that, right? We go out to a restaurant, we look at it and we're like, ooh, that looks good. And then we scroll over to the price. We're like, it doesn't look that good. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and I think being rich negates that right side of the menu. Right. So you walk into a store and you see a nice jacket that you like or a nice shirt that you like and you don't even worry about the price you're like oh shit i like this i like this shirt i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna buy it and and you can and it doesn't hurt you any and uh what you could be in a a, like fancy boutique and it doesn't even matter right and i mean you could literally go on vacation anytime uh and pick a plane ticket first class get there spend a week or two Mm -hmm. and then go on another spot and do that or go anywhere right now Normally, when people get to this point financially, they don't do that, right? They don't live vacation life every single day or nothing like that. Most right. people who get to that point are are working at something that they love to do and just continue to earn. And mm-hmm. you know, they're undercover rich, right? Und- <laughs> right? So, so you have people, some of them, I yeah, guess. some people that that look rich but aren't, and you mm-hmm. got some people that look poor but are actually really wealthy, really rich. Right. You know, they have a lot of cash on them. And so it, it just because you have that kind of money doesn't mean that you live that lifestyle. It just means you can if you wanted to. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's that's one of the things about being rich. And then I listened to a podcast uh, that's a real estate coaching podcast mm-hmm. by uh, Tim and Julie Harris. And I like Tim's definition of rich. He says, rich is when, when your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. I think that's simple. And straight into the point. When your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That sounds a little bit like Robert Kiyosaki's, you know. It does. Passive income exceeds expenses. Right? It does. It does. When your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. But the only thing that, that the reason why I think it's a little higher than Robert Kiyosaki's is because you no longer have to work for your money. I mean, that to me, that encompasses that little bit of your debts are gone. Right. right? You don't have to. You're not you're not tied to any debt. Mm-hmm. You're you don't have to work for money anymore. So I'm going to play a little bit of devil devil's advocate here. Okay. Um because I know that you do subscribe to that Dave Ramsey zero debt ideology. Mm-hmm. Right? But a lot of people still continue to subscribe to the Robert Kiyosaki use debt to your advantage. Okay. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of the real estate podcasts that we listen to, they preach over and over and over again other people's money other people's money other people's money a lot of leverage syndications leverage you know etc and so on and so when you get to that second level that we were talking about that um or i'm sorry when, when you get through the first level when your passive income exceeds your expenses right and you want to get to that financial independence level to some people it might mean getting rid of those debts to other people, it might mean going into more debt to continue to increase your passive income until you hit a certain comfortable level. Let me let me uh, let me break this down with a, a, a let's relate to something, right? So let's talk about our insurance company, for example, mm-hmm. right? If you look at um, where we were and where we are today, even if we're looking at just our net dollar amount at the end of the month, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's growing at a nice rate. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Okay. Now, you spend a lot of time and dedication building a lot of the foundational pieces to get that together, mm-hmm. right? So when we talk about our insurance company, I want you to kind of step back a little bit and think to yourself, are we able to say that this company is awesome because we grew something that's big? Or are we saying that we grew something that's awesome because it's spinning out a lot of cash? Because one of the ways that we can look at it is um, we can look at it from another perspective. We have producers in our companies that make in our company that earns, you know, two hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. by themselves, right? In production, amazing. Yeah. But are they doing it right? Are they focusing their business on what it puts out versus us focusing our business on how big we can get it? In other words, is being big just an ego thing for us? And are we focusing our attention on the wrong thing on trying to build a big company or are we, should we be focusing our efforts on building something that's profitable? That's more profitable. That's making more money. You because, say it all. Oh, go ahead. Finish. Yeah. Because, because ultimately that's, I think where, where the devil's advocate thing comes on the leverage, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, if I was a, a real estate agent, I can build a team of people and make a million dollars in revenue, but only keep five or 10% of it. Or I can go out and produce my own thing and make twice or maybe three times as much with a smaller team, but more production on my side. And I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. I'm just saying that it's a perspective. Right. And 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 both are great in their own sense. So when we're talking about leveraging, right, whether we want to get to being rich by leveraging or we want to get to being rich by eliminating debt, we, I run through that same scenario when we play cash flow in the classroom. Some kids borrow a grip to buy a grip of stock and then make their money and, and voila. Yeah, that others was, you, make you, a lot of money and pay off all their debts. You told me about one student who just borrowed a ton of money from the bank, waited for the stock market to drop in the game, bought a bunch of stock, waited for the stock market to come back up, bada bing, bada boom, he was a millionaire. And that's it. That was that. And that's a huge risk. You could lose. You yeah. could lose, right? You could lose big. But do you take that risk? And I think it's the same thing when you leverage, when you over leverage or when you're too leveraged, you're taking a bigger risk, mm-hmm. which could reap a big reward, but it could really hurt. So going back to our, um, the example that you were using with the insurance company, let's say that you are one producer or one producer in a very small limited team. Right. And let's just say that the maximum that this one limited team can earn is a million dollars a year. Right. And you with this small team, you're going to take 50 percent. You're going to get a big piece of that pie. Right. That is using your own resources, your own time. You're leveraging your time to focus on production, whereas on the other side of it, if you grow a team and this team let's say it's a a much larger team and let's say they grow to sell 10 million dollars and you only get get to keep i don't know what 10 percent mm-hmm. you're still making the same million dollars right you are but there's a lot more effort on one than the other there's a lot more risk on one than the other too i think i, I think that the risk isn't necessarily more or greater i just think it's different for sure. You're yes. leveraging your yes, time on one on one hand to be that production 
person, that expert. On the other hand, on the other side, you're leveraging your time and effort on building a team and a group of people and a system that ensures that other people do the same thing that you do. Which I mean, and this conversation really is leading into our next uh, couple sections here, which we're talking about, and and what you, what we're discussing here is really the the difference between building a a true business versus being self-employed. And it really comes down to which one can you walk away from is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Right? So right. if if you're building if you're the individual producer, you are a self-employed individual producer. You go on vacation, sorry your your money goes on vacation too. That's it. Versus if you build a business, you yeah, you're right, you might make less of the original uh le- less profits, but um, you can walk away and come back and it's still functioning, maybe more profitable than when you right. left it if you build it correctly. Right. So so I think that's really what it comes down to because um, when we're talking about you know wealthy or financially free or being rich, I mean, the next question that naturally happens is, okay, yeah, you've defined them. Now, how do you get there? Right? How do you get there? So how do you get there? And, and one, I think one of the, I mean, the most important thing, and we talked about this and we had a whole episode on this is pay yourself first right right you have to pay yourself first and you this is something get, that th- is that's, that's a financial discipline that you have to have you have to have it and you have to be relentless in that routine i mean you, you can't if, if you get mad when somebody steps on your brand new white shoes or if you get upset when somebody you scratches know, your harley. scratches your harley whatever it is you need to be have the same veracity and the same uh intensity into keeping that routine of paying yourself first right that has to be the number one thing you do otherwise there is no way you're going to get to wealth or rich or financially free at all correct right i mean it's what it comes down to correct so like i said it's a basic foundational financial discipline and it just it kind of shows that you have the money habits that it takes to be rich because like you always say like like Robert Kiyosaki always says, like a lot of people say, there's two types of money problems. One is not enough money, and two is too much money. If you don't have good money habits early, that too much money problem will never be your problem. (laughs) It'll never be your problem, true, but if you ever luck into it, Right, You're, it will really be a problem, and you'll wind up back in the same spot yeah, anyway. Well, because because ultimately, money amplifies our core um, uh, habits, our core beliefs, our core traits. Right. Right. So if we if we only have the skill of spending, and you come across extra money, it's good, it's just going to magnify that that habit, and it's going to yep. make things worse for you. Because most people, I mean, there's a statistic. There is a statistic out there about lottery winners and professional athletes. Right. And they have a lot of the same things. Within three and a half years of leaving the NFL or Major League Baseball or a professional sport or within three and a half years of winning the lottery, most people are in a financially worse position than they were before they even made that money. Right. Because they've only learned to spend. Right. And they end up going into the traits that they know, which is leveraging too much money, mm-hmm. uh, committing themselves to too much of a long-term thing, and then the money runs out, and they're worse off. Right. And, and that that doesn't even take into account the addictive personalities, the drugs, the alcohol, the partying that goes into that lifestyle because you wanted to be able to do that, and now you can do that. 
all of a sudden you have all this money and, and all this time and you're using it the way wrong way. Right. So, so lives get ruined um, if they don't understand some of those core disciplines and some of those, and we're going to, we're going to talk about these core disciplines. I'm sure again here soon, cause definitely there's, there's something to be said about having a good work ethic and being disciplined in, in the things you do because mm-hmm. it affects your overall life, not just in finance. I mean, it, it affects your health. It affects your relationships. It affects everything that you do in life. If you don't have good disciplined habits, right? So, um, one of your good disciplined habits, by the way, that I really like, and you put it on Facebook and you uh, challenge people to find you is your mind, my 10 challenge, my 10 challenge. So it's one of those things where I'm trying to promote and get people to save money. Hashtag hashtag my 10 challenge. Right. And all it is, is is it's simple. It's anytime uh, I pick the denomination of $10 bills. So anytime I come across a $10 bill, whether I give, you know, I, I go and I give somebody 20 bucks for a $5, $5 item and I get $10 bills, one of the change items that I get back from that cashier, I can't spend the $10 bill. It has to be put away. Has right? to be. Has to be put away. And it's become kind of a fun game. Anytime I know I'm about to give a large bill and the possibility of a $10 bill coming back to me is, is there, I'm kind of like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And sometimes I get a couple fives, but every once in a while I get a 10. How about when you go to Home Depot and you buy something, you ask for $50 uh, cash back and it gives you all 10s? Damn. That happened. <laughs> I know. That happened. <laughs> or one time I went with Rosa to Target and she, we paid at the uh, where at the kiosk where you just, you know, you check yourself out. Yeah, yeah. And she put a $100 bill in for like a $30 item or something and she got seven 10s and my heart dropped because I was thinking to myself, if that was me, I'd be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> my allowance for the week yeah it's it i've been done but you know she doesn't she doesn't do the mind 10 challenge but but you know it's 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 in the, a comfort zone right some people 10 bucks can hurt them some people 10 bucks is well it's no problem right well another thing i do is 25 percent of every single check i get so if i get a commission check if someone pays me for taxes on in a check or even mom and dad send me a check for whatever paper. reason. So paper Any, checks. Anytime Actual I get a paper, paper check, mm-hmm. 25% of it goes into an account that I don't have an ATM. I have to go to that bank, cash the check, leave 25 to, 25% in there, and then I could take the rest and put it in my normal bank or whatever. Nice. And I do that uh, like consistently. So uh, Grant Cardone talks about you're not saving money, you're storing money. I'm storing money. What are you storing that 25% for? Next property. All right. I mean, hands down, that's all. I, that's that's just our men, our mentality. That's my mentality. I just store the chips until I can make the next deal. Cool. So whether or not it, whether it's a a flip when the market turns around here, and it's you know a twenty percent down to a hard money loan mm-hmm. or a cash rental, it doesn't matter. It's gonna get put to work. It's just got to be stored up for right now. Right. Another one that that I just started doing because people had been telling me about it, so I tried it out. Was uh, the Acorn app, and. It's basically um, anytime I use my debit card, which I rarely do because I use the envelope system. Mm-hmm. But if I use my my debit card, it rounds up to the nearest dollar and throws that change into basically like a like an IRA or four hundred one k type account. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a it's a stock portfolio account, gotcha. and so it's in it's in mutual funds or whatever. But it's kind of cool because I set it up, and if I ever use my card, it's just gonna throw money in. You know, nice automatically. Nice. And so, you know, it's cool. Um, well, Wells Fargo, for- Wells Fargo does something for me. Uh, every time I swipe my card and same thing, I use the envelope system as well. But if I do use my card, 
it just takes a dollar and throws it into my savings account. Yeah. And it's just it's just a cool thing to uh it's automatic, you don't think about it. Right. Right? Uh another thing I do is if for my ten percent, I automatically I set it up on auto transfer. So that same account that I don't uh have a debit card to, mm-hmm. anytime we get our paychecks from from work, roasted night paychecks, automatically our ten percent goes right into that account at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. So it's the first bill that actually comes out. Nice. Before the mortgage. Ten percent into that account. And it's just being put away, put away, put away, put away. Um, and then the Good other money one, habits. right. And the other one that, 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 uh, that mom and dad use that a lot of people frown upon cause it's, it's a free loan to the government is adjusting your W4. Right. So giving them some extra money, giving them extra money on purpose. And so that in April you get a fat refund. There now mom and dad, I don't know if they save it all, but I know they take the kids out to places. They go to Disneyland and all yep. kinds of stuff. So maybe that's just how they're doing it so for that's themselves. That's why we always go to Disneyland in March. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how they do it. Now, is it, is it the best way? No, it's just a way. It's just a way. It's a, none it's of the a ones, forced savings none account. None of the ones I've set up other than the auto transfer for the automatic 10%, mm-hmm. none of those are for sure the best way right Mm -hmm. every one of those is a way right so you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter how you're doing it just make sure that you you start to put that money away so that you can have a chance to reach wealthy you know give yourself the opportunity if you're not if you're not relentless on it if you're not dedicating yourself to it how are you ever going to get there right i mean you got to be honest with yourself right I mean, cut the nice pitter-patter, oh, you'll be okay, everyone gets a participation trophy. No, cut that shit out. <laughs> like, you need to discipline yourself. Yep. You know it. If, if you're, you if, won't do it, nobody will. Nobody will. Like, I mean, you look in the mirror, you know where your flaws are if you're overweight or if you're not or if you're happy, whatever, if you're justifying yourself. It doesn't matter, right? I don't care how comfortable you are. If your body is is unhealthy, you're doing it to yourself. Right, and we can be comfortable. We can be accepting. That's a whole different ballgame than if you want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself for more time in life. Period. Right, and we're sacrificing one thing for another. Cause don't get me wrong. Today for lunch, I went to In and Out, and I have a teacher that I go every Thursday. Him and I, we always go to In and Out. And is it the healthiest thing? No, but you know what? I freaking like my hamburgers, <laughs> and I'm gonna eat that. And then Fridays, well, maybe we'll have my beer, right? Is it the healthiest thing? No, but that's my giving up. So, but I, but there are things that I try to do to make sure that I'm, I'm relentless in what I'm doing on my routines, right? And so I'm hoping that we're emphasizing this on the financial side, not really the uh, health side, but it goes hand in hand with disciplinary, being disciplined yourself. So, um, give you that. Yeah. And, and our personal path to getting there, the one that I pitch the most because it's just the one that we do the most Mm -hmm. is we build businesses and invest in real estate. We take the profits from those businesses and invest those profits in in real estate. estate. And it too has to be disciplined. Yep. Right. I mean, we're in it to make money and then take that money and reinvest it so that it makes more money. That's right. So what kind of traps do we fall into? Well, the easiest one and the most common one is not having that discipline. 
it's too easy it's too easy to just and and you know everybody does it and i'm guilty i do it yeah paycheck to paycheck paycheck to paycheck but but it is a discipline right and right. everybody does it you know i try to get back into running i have to run like at four in the morning because that's the only time i really got right but this morning, my alarm went off, and my body almost physically hurt to wake up. So <laughs> I snoozed sometimes. it, and I didn't run, right? That's me not being the disciplinary that I needed to be in a different aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm not going to get to where I want to get to if I don't stick to it. Never so, going to look like Thor. Never going to look like Thor. That Thor that we saw at Comic-Con, by the way. I he know. Was, he, was, he, was, he was awesome. He was a legit Thor. So he I'm never going to look like that unless I dedicate myself to do that. Now And grow a few inches. And, and get a little taller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but that's coming, o- coming from the short brother. Right. But that's okay. And that's kind of you know one of those things where, where we talked about, you know, am I going to be like Amazon rich? No, I don't. I'm not even shooting for that kind of life. I'm not dedicating that kind of time into doing that. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be... You know, am I going to be like super ultra rich? Like, uh, I don't know what I want to, what's not, what's not Amazon rich? What it was like, maybe, I don't know, Trump rich. Oh, I, all right. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, it's not, it's ultra it's rich, still but pretty, it's still it's pretty still, wealthy. It's right? pretty ultra rich. I mean, all right. that, that's still quite a bit of money there. Okay. So I, but even then I'm not shooting for that lifestyle, right? How about, how about some of these guys uh, up in Silicon Valley that make, you know, a few million dollars a year? That's it. You know, it's not, I'm not shooting for, you know, the billion dollar marker. You're happy with a million. I'm happy with a million a year, a year, a year. So, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's me. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that goes, I mean, that goes bargain life for a penny. Right. And that's okay. Right. The other. Okay. So I'm I'm not, I'm not saying that a million's a penny. I'm just saying you're setting your own bar. You set your own bar. That's exactly what I'm saying. You always set your own bar. You know, we've talked about this numerous times. Thirty thousand a month, thirty thousand income in passive income. That's way more than enough for it me. Is. I mean, that's, that's only three hundred sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, only, those, only. Yeah, but I mean, I just mentioned those people that that work and live up in Silicon Valley. I mean, three hundred thirty-six thousand a year to them is pennies. Yeah, well, it's a third of what they're earning. Yeah, so thirty-three percent. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, it's roughly. It's, so okay. So anyway. So one thing is lack of discipline, right? But set your own bar. Set your own bar. Right, number one. The other one is emotional purchases. Emotional purchases. Impulse buys. Those are tough. I'm guilty of those too. Oh, I'm mega guilty of those. I mean, impulse buys, I mean, that's the whole thing about when you're checking out at the grocery store and they put all those nice little candies, the gum, the Snickers, the Twigs, the Skittles, Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. that stuff. Why? Because right when you're about to check out, you're like, eh, it's just a dollar. Right. But everybody does just a dollar. Exactly. And that's kind of, it's you a know. a lot of just dollars. Right. Or, you know, eh, my car's getting old. I went to the dealership and bought another one. You know, all these things are impulsive things. Right. And we need to control our own impulses if we're going to ever get a, get a grip on our future finances. I you're mean, tired of running around in that old Fiat, so you're like, I'm going to go get a Harley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Yep. And impulse buys. <laughs> impulse buys. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, that would make you laugh. Yeah, that's a little mirror shot right there, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. People so, who know the story know, know exactly what I'm talking about. And most people who make emotional purchases, especially big emotional purchases, they suffer from uh, the next day. What is it, what's it called? Buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse, that's oh, right. Oh, yes. That's a thing, 
dude. It it's is a big totally a thing. So, totally a thing. Uh, Dave Ramsey's daughter, Rachel Cruz, has a good philosophy on it, making a big purchase. Set, set a dollar amount. I'm not going to spend over 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is that you're going to do on any one item. If I do see an item, I'm going to go to the store, grab it, hold it, and then leave it there. And then if I'm still the next day, if I'm still thinking about that sweater, shirt, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and, I, and I really think I need it, then I'll go back and get it. Right. Because it's usually that impulse is right there, right when it's in front of you. And if you can walk away, take a breath, reassess the situation, you can, usually you're not going to end up going that route. Usually. Eh. Every once in a while, especially in today's Amazon, it sits in your cart. Right. That's dangerous. Don't. Drink, drink and, and prime. prime. Don't drink Don't and prime. Drink and prime. All right. Thank you, Heather. Yeah, that one goes out to Heather. <laughs> the other thing is, uh, the other traps is something like an uneducated investment. Right? Have money, you put it away, and then you went to the brick maker for the jewels. Right? Or you were the brick maker trying to buy jewels. Yeah. So invest in only what you understand. If right. you do not understand the investment, you have no business being in it. Even if they're other people are making a lot of money in it because they've been educated in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and if you're going to work with an investment partner, make sure you invest with somebody who's been doing it, who has a track record right. that you can see that they've done, they've done successfully before you jump into something that you don't know. You know, uneducated investments, uh, like, like trying to become a flipper and you've only seen it on the DIY shows, you know? like it's, Maybe you've been a contractor for all your life and you think you could just jump in there and do it but there's a lot more to it than just being able to you know put up the framing and everything else you know there's now, a lot of that's true but i'll give it to if you're gonna be a contractor that's probably one of the more safer investments because you actually know the practicality of it that's true. right so that would be a good i would just suggest you partner up with somebody on the finance side mm-hmm. so they can help manage the money the money aspect of it or maybe you know a realtor to help you get through that aspect of it but right but they have more chance. I would say more like if you're a contractor and you did really well in this hot market and you turn around and try to go day trade without ever learning anything just because you saw somebody else make a buck or Bitcoin, for example. There you go. Right. I'm not saying that those are bad investments. I'm just saying you don't know anything about them. So be very cautious while you're doing better it. analogy. All right. So um, uh, how do we avoid these traps? I mean, this is going to close out our session for today, but how do we avoid these traps? Look, number one, set a clearly defined goal. And I mean, this is something that you, like we said, 30000 a month. The only thing we're missing is a time frame. I'm not missing that. I want to have that by the time I'm 40. 40. Yeah. yeah. Well, my time frame was missing because I actually wanted to do that by the time I was 30. So Right. Well, that's what I said when I was 20. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so make sure that you have a clearly defined goal, not to mention a deadline. And then you have marker markers to measure how you're doing on on day-to-day day day-to-day month-to-month week-to-week whatever it is that you're however long you're measuring it go and into it with the exit in mind with the exit in mind and and late and you know we've done that since we've reassessed where we were um you know once you got out of the navy now we're you know we're doing our monthly meetings with all our businesses to make sure that our finances are in order to make sure that we're checking things out the right way to, to get ourselves to a perfect point Right. To to at least assess the situation and make goals and make changes as we go along. Right. So um, so to avoid the trap, make sure that you have a clearly defined goal, set a time frame, be disciplined 
And then probably the most important one, walk. Don't run. This walk, is, don't run. This is not going to happen overnight. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's not a sprint. You're not going to take $10,000 and turn it into a million in one year. What did you say the other day? You said, uh, if you want to get rich, if you want to get rich quick, get rich slow. Get rich slow. Because it's a snowball effect. The fact that you're habitually putting this money away, slowly but surely, that money's going to grow. And it's going to gain interest. And it's going to grow. And then you've educated yourself in your investment. And right. you make your first investment. And now your money's growing again. And it's mm-hmm. just growing and growing compound interest over time. Compound and before you know it, you are rich quickly. Then you're taking your... your cash flow and it went from $200 a month to $1,000 a month to $1,500 a month and you're compounding everything that's growing and it's like the game of cash flow where the first circle you need to get out of is the rat race and then you get into the fast track and all of a sudden when you're in the fast track you're just piling on the money well now you're making big deals right right so when you're first starting out when you're walking you're making the smaller deals you're Mm -hmm. just trying to learn the game of investing right once you've got really good at the small deals now you start tackling some big deals Mm -hmm. and now you're leveraging or you're borrowing or or not borrowing but you're taking money from your pool and now you're trying to make a bigger deal happen right and then you win sometimes that does include leveraging sometimes and and you win at that one and then you do another one and you do another one and all you're doing is doing the same type of investment strategy with larger dollars and that's when you start (laughs) and that's when people start noticing that you've gotten rich overnight but you it just, wasn't an overnight thing. You just throw another zero at the end, right? Yeah, we're in California. Everything has a zero at the end. What's a zero? Nothing, right? Nothing. But it's a difference between <laughs> 100000 and a $1 million. It's just a zero at the end. It's just a zero. So don't walk. I mean, don't uh, walk, don't run. Walk, don't run. It's a marathon, not a sprint. If you want to get rich quick, get rich slow. That's right. So that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much our show on what is rich. So we defined wealthy, we did uh, financially free, and we did rich. We even threw in that Buku rich at the end, the, uh, what do we call it, the Jeff Amazon Bezos, rich? Amazon rich, Apple rich, Apple, rich. Apple bucks. We'll just, call it, we'll just call it A-rich. A-rich. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, that works. All right, so, all right, so uh, that's, our, that's the end of the show. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, at CS First. Go to our website, www.cusfirst.com, or follow us on Twitter at... Trades on the road. Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out.